welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are honored and delighted to have some of our wonderful senior class joining us today. So among the folks who promised to join, Ariella Rubin, Eli Katz, Jacob Plum, Jake Teller, Jeremy Morgan, Molly Goldstein, Natanya Rubin, and Eli Katz. Oh, he's here twice. I guess super important. All of you are super important. We really appreciate you making the time to be here. Um, yes, sir. And I'll throw it out to anybody who wants to answer. Um, and if you could, in, in this part of the answer, sort of say how old you were when this happened. But I'm curious what your first memory of Barron Academy is. I'll take this one. I came to Barron when I was two years old in EP2. Uh, so I don't have many memories when I was two years old. But uh, I among my first memories was when I was in first grade in Ms. Schneider's class, who I believe is still the first grade teacher. Um, we had a pet giraffe, and we named the giraffe Justin Bieber. <laughs> and so our, our whole class remembers that as one of the, the highlights of elementary school. That's fantastic. All right, I have one. I was also in first grade. I came in first grade. I went to U.S. for kindergarten. But um, in first grade, we had Mr. Bell's class, and we all made a book. It was if I ruled the world, and we all like made if I ruled the world um, for like a day, what you would do. And like I think I made it rain candy. <laughs> um, but I just remember having that. And like we got it published. I remember having that book for the longest time, and I would go back and just read it. When up until I was, I think we moved. I think it was flooded oh. actually, but. Um, I used to remember reading that book all the time just because I was like, oh my God, we were all so young when we wrote that. Anybody else? I'll, I'll, I'll go, and mine is a bit later, just chronologically by virtue of my family coming to Barron in 2015. Um, but my first ever memory was being walked around the halls by Gavi Roisman, um, who at the time was, I guess, the head of welcoming new families. And she told me that day that I would be shadowing a student named Jake Teller, um, who would show me around the school. And for those of us who know Jake and I, um, the rest is history, so. Definitely. That's very cool. And what grade were you in then? That was in seventh grade. I'll, I'll wrap it up with another memory. Um, first grade, Brett Ehrlichman's uh, class, she made us sit in the trash can. <laughs> to teach us the word pop. <laughs> yeah. And we would also like put the chair on the table and also sit on top of it so we would learn all the words. Good stuff. That you know what's funny is Rabbi Kellerman also brought up that memory from when he had give her <laughs> So if you listen to his interview, he mentions that too. That must be a long standing tradition. Definitely. Um, who are some of the special teachers you'll never forget and why? Oh wow. Definitely Greta Ellisman. She was she's a legend, taught probably I think forty years so far and still going strong. Forty two. Forty two, wow. Yeah. And uh in lower school my favorite teacher was Mrs. Jones. She's not here anymore, but she was the one of the lower school Montessori teachers. And uh she had the coolest stories and we did like the coolest experiments. Like we made those gardens with the cylinders. I was actually partnered with Jake, yeah. and we planted carrots. Jake mm -hmm. stole the carrots, and I was out of town. <laughs> and we also grew dill by accident. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. So, yeah, those are happy times. Um, if I may go, um, I actually have two people. Um, of course, Rabbi Kellerman. He's somebody that I don't think you could forget, even if you wanted to, because <laughs> he's kind of impression on you, like, 
no matter how many times your paths have crossed, your paths cross. <laughs> um, and Mrs. Baggett from the ninth grade, she was our English teacher, um, just one of the most incredible teachers um, I've ever met in my life. She's incredible. Um, yeah, I would agree Miss Baggett was one of mine. Also, Miss Bell, I, she was just like someone who um, welcomed someone with open arms. I remember she both taught me and my sister at the same time because my sister was in fifth grade when I was in first. And it was kind of crazy. We'd go home and we'd talk about Miss Bell And like she, um, she had a thing where she never, like she would never friend you on Facebook until you graduated. And like, I, like that's something, even though like, she hasn't been at school for that long. Like, it's still something I'm kind of looking forward to, like, when I graduate, but, like, I guess it's from Mr. Bell on Facebook, even though it's Facebook <laughs> and I'm, like, 17. But, you know, the same difference. Yeah, um, one teacher I'll definitely never forget was Miss Bryant, um, who was a lot of people's favorite teacher here when she was at Barron. And most people remember Miss Bryant just for her, you know, loving nature of letting kids into the class whenever they wanted to come and just kind of hang out. But what I'll never forget is that in ninth grade, we had Miss Bryant's class as a block period every other day for 80 minutes. And one of those days, she took us to the zoo and we had the most fun trip. But the moment from that trip I'll never forget is when she brought us into her minivan and put on Lil Wayne <laughs> in the radio. <laughs> I'm like, you are the coolest teacher ever. <laughs> and so I will never forget that. I have to, I have to add another thing. I will definitely never forget Mr. Sell's class or Mr. Sell. Right, right. Um, yeah, the readings are, <laughs> are laborious and intensive, but I have to say uh, the product is legit. I, I remember, I, I, I remember pretty much everything I learned in his class. Wow, that's amazing. Um, how about some memories from the eighth grade DC trip? Anything jump to mind? <laughs> Um, that you can talk about here. <laughs> there was a lot of drama on that trip. A lot so of I say that. Aton Gorelnik on the bus screaming the song "All Time Low" and never, st never stopping. <laughs> that, was, that was a fun time. That was a fun time. I remember going. I remember going up that steep, steep escalator, um, coming out of the metro, oh, yes. and all of us just being absolutely terrified that one of us would just be clumsy enough to tumble our way down. <laughs> Destroy the whole group. <laughs> we also learned about Washington. I was gonna say. Clearing the halls of Congress. I don't know what y'all. Right. Right. <laughs> we met. We met a congressman also. That was actually John. Oh, uh, learning how to use metro cards and like also not using metro cards okay. and people going in after each other when they weren't supposed to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who was yeah, the congressman? I remember trying to bargain with one of the market sellers on the National Mall for a hoodie, and I told him I only had $10, even though obviously I had more because I was an American tourist. And he knew I had more money, so he would not let me buy the hoodie for cheap, and I ended up paying full price. So. Unfortunate. Rookie. Um, oh, I remember I went to this shop that was supposed to be like a cheap place for tourist-like clothes, and it was super expensive, and we were like, why don't we just go to the National Mall? And they're like, okay, fine, whatever. And they took us, and they were like, the sweaters were like, super cheap rather than at that store and they were like oh we'll just go to the store it has better clothes and whatever and then we went to the like there were either these little trucks that have like the washington dc sweatshirts and it was far cheaper on the national mall <laughs> um 
How about some memories from anything outside of the academic day? Sports, plays, uh, dance, any outside activities? You know, the junior year uh, musical championship debacle. Say a little more about that. Um, <laughs> can I say more about that? Okay. So the championship game and the play were on the same weekend, and um, we weren't, so we had to cut two people from the play, and we had to move the play inevitably, um, but it was a crazy weekend where it was like tech week, we did a, two plays, and then we all went to Waco, and I had laryngitis and lost my voice and haven't been able to sing the same. Yeah, that's a real high school musical scenario. <laughs> it really is. My memory from that is I was at the uh, basketball game where we qualified for states, and within three seconds, a parent tapped me on the shoulder and said, we have a problem. <laughs> I was like, I think that was my mom. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, I, also I think that was my mom. I'll say two memories from uh, my basketball experience. One is just in general, the the van rides with Coach Cole are legendary. Facts. One of them, we um, we won a game probably two years ago, I think my 10th grade year. We won a game um, in December, and after the game, we went around and looked at all the Christmas lights in the area in, in the van, and it was so fun. Uh, we went to Coach Cole's house. It was right near his house, and he turned on his own lights, and we were all going crazy at how cool <laughs> they were. It was so fun. And uh, my second story is just qualifying for the state uh, semifinals last year was so fun. It was just it was a fun game, great game, and then we uh we had a mosh pit with coach in the locker room afterwards. Yeah, it was a blast. <laughs> um, if I may, um, I I don't mean to put him on the spot, but um, singing duets with Jeremy our first year um in. Um, theater freshman year we did yeah. one of the most joyful theater experiences I've ever had Aww. yeah that was great that was great and then inevitably in each play that we performed Arielle and I somehow were getting married or were <laughs> people, just, people just loved the duo I guess I don't know yeah the, the play was a fun time I remember being the last the one the last one you were her dad right so probably not getting married. No, I think that'd be a little weird. <laughs> I hope not. But yeah, I remember in eighth grade um, when they let us be in the play. And I was so intimidated by all the high schoolers. But like, they were all really fun. And I was a flying monkey. Yeah. And we had to do like crazy hairstyles for Munchkin. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a good time. I love tech A ball in my hair. I, love, I put a ball in my hair. I remember that. Oh, my favorite was Pinocchio, and everyone made fun of my nose, so I contoured it on the next show. Yeah, and uh, since we're swapping theater stories, my my favorite theater story is uh, during the Shrek play, I played Donkey, and I was on the stage with Gav, and it was the onion scene, and he brought a red onion on stage as a prop, but he actually bit into it, and then... Faced me and said his line into my face with his onion breath and all. <laughs> and, yeah. No, I have to say my favorite memory was paint doing Jacob's face paint for that show, and he was not having it. And I was like, Jacob, you you need the paint. And he's like, no. And he he was like crying while I was putting on pretty much. In my defense, they did not tell me that my entire face had to be painted before the show. <laughs> Nobody what, told me. What did you think you were just gonna be doggy with a, like a human face? 
Yes, I didn't need makeup the year before. <laughs> you weren't you weren't an animal. All right, I'll switch to a more a little more serious topic. I'm curious, how have you changed as a person during your time at Barron Academy? For the, some of you, obviously, it's been many years, and I know you've changed physically. I'm talking on a deeper <laughs> level here. On a deeper level, how have you changed? I can go first. Um, well, I can just say I definitely, without a doubt, would not be the person I am today without Barron. Not only because I started here in first grade, but... Um, <laughs> Um, but the things I've learned in high school and, I mean, all throughout my time here, I've learned just to appreciate, you know, like higher level thinking and abstract philosophical thinking, I guess, but also I've learned what Judaism means to me. And I think, um, as a pro-Jewish school, I think that's the most important is finding what you want to be when you go out and where in Judaism you want, like where you want to keep that with you similar to molly i'd say i just i became a proud jew like um next year well in, next year i'll be in israel and after that i'll go to Hawaii honors and it's just it's, it's taught me just that um just to be proud of my heritage and just to go out into the world and be just like just like a happy and proud jewish person for the record by the way all three of us in this room are going to YU Honors. So let's not, okay, come on, come on. But but I, I will say though that my change of Baron, although it's been shorter than my classmates, um, has been multifaceted in that it's, I guess, both religious, but also very social. Um, you know, Molly and Jake touched on the religious aspects and it's, it's so true that we have such a deep, you know, respect and love for Jew for Judaism and the holidays and the, and the culture here. and. So having that intertwined into our education has allowed me to like develop and share that love for it. But also I think Barron does a really good job of helping kids grow within the small social environment we have, but also through programs like Bene Kiva and NCSY, introducing us to larger social scenes. And I think that I've really learned how to hold my own both in this kind of small family type environment that we have at school, but also how to take my social skills here and apply them to the outside world and kind of just turn me into a well holding social individual just because of my experience here Baron. Yeah. um I, if i may um gonna pull in ariella um <laughs> um i think it's taught me that no matter what my passion is and being at a small school it's an important thing no matter what i want to pursue there'll always be a way to do it um if i put my mind to it like you can be on the basketball team the editor of the yearbook you can be the assistant um, producer of the play, you can do all of those things and still have a social life and do all these things and have them go at the same time because that's a part of if you make it a priority. Um, I think it also has taught me to be that maybe that your friends are always going to be the people you choose to spend time with and it's taught me that it's always about qual. It's not always about quantity. It's about quality. Mm -hmm. And being at a small school, it really is about quantity because you. I mean, quality because there's not that many to choose from. So, obviously, it's not about that. It's not about having a lot of friends. It's about having good friends. Yeah, and touching on the small uh, community aspect. Although I can't vouch for the, the social life aspect of the small community, but the opportunities that I've been afforded at Barron 
I think are unparalleled at other schools, even Jewish day schools, because I've had the opportunity to be uh, co-captain of the Model UN team on the football team. Actually, we won best delegation. Shout out. Yeah. Um, and uh, basketball team, theater, whatever, what have you. And uh, the transformation that I've had really has been uh, that of confidence. Before um, high school, I came in as a freshman, and uh, I really had trouble, you know, asserting myself and just relating to others. And now I have to say that through developing my speaking skills in Model UN and uh, being outgoing in theater and uh, being a leader in sports and in scouting outside, it's really helped me come into my own as a uh, as just a confident person. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say um, something kind of similar. Um, I've gone through, like, I, I like to think of it like waves of my personality. Like, some years are definitely better than others. Other years, I can definitely say that um, they were not better than others. <laughs> um, but I think that what Baron afforded me the most is the sense that I can, like, go through those evolutions without it being seen as like foreign or other and not being accepted in that sort of way that it should be. And I'm really grateful for that kind of atmosphere. Like I know a lot of teachers this year, um, speaking for me only, have said like, wow, like you could hardly sit through a class last year. And that's something that's really amazing to me because it's like, I don't know a lot of teachers that would tolerate not being in class a lot. And I think it's really great that they don't necessarily see that as something that was awful or something that was totally damaging to my character, but rather as something to overcome and, you know, incorporate that into the person I am now. I like that. Uh, let me ask you this. This, is, this was not on the list of questions I shared with you, but I think you guys are, are smart, thoughtful individuals. And I'm curious what you would say. There are some people who would say, like, why would you go to a tiny school that's going to put you in a bubble? Um, like, you're not going to be prepared for the real world. What are you going to do when you see non-Jewish people? What are you going to do when you're in a class of, you know, 800 or 8,000? Um, how, how would you respond to that? Um, I have a good answer for that. I think that being at a small school allows you to do other things and expand that bubble outside of school because your whole life isn't school. Because you're afforded the time and because you're, you're getting a great education and a dual curriculum education at that, and you're able, because there's so little, like you're not lost in the sea of people, um, you're able to go do other things outside and get real world experience, as well as being in your little bubble at school. And I think um, when you go to college, it's, college is supposed to be a new experience. If you've already, like, I think, there's value in having it be something different than what you were doing and you changing the way you're learning and and like the same way you go from Montessori um, the same way Molly went from Montessori school to traditional when she went from pre-k to like lower school it's the same kind of thing when you go from or you go from Montessori to middle school where it's like traditional and you have to learn how to learn a different way it's the you're in a different phase of your life you have to learn you're always going to have to perform differently in different situations and it's good to have more experience yeah so you asked a pretty packed question um but just regarding the whole small jewish school versus big jewish school you know i have friends at schools in new york like i tell you are on fresh and they're like 
you have four boys in your grade? What? Like, I have 50 boys in my grade, 200 boys in my grade. And I'm like, yeah, but how many guys are you actually really good friends with? Right? They say, oh, like six. I'm like, okay, so same. Right? And like, the thing is, we have such like solid guys here and just solid people. And I think that what happens when you have such a small group and they're like, what if you hate someone in your class? Well, the fact of the matter is, you just don't. Because we're. Right. I mean, like we just have such a good squad at Baron, and I think going through the Baron system just raises you to be someone who adapts well to a small school, but also just relates well to others. And so you learn through the small school the nuances of each relationship you have with people. And I think that that allows you to have such deep developed friendships with such small amounts of people that it outweighs having 50 friends who you may know like their last name but not their grandparents name right we all know e all our grandparents and our family stories and our hobbies right i mean that's something that you don't get when you're friends with 50 million people right here it's such a tight group i think we get to know each other so well it's, it's a beautiful thing and also uh being a small school it gives you the tools to be able to go out in outside the community and make a small community so we're we already live in like uh and with like a small social circles and being able to know everybody and as jeremy said like uh, other people in like big communities, they don't have the the ability to make their community as small and tight as we are able to do. And we're going, well, like next year I'll go to Israel, I'll go to Israel and Yeshiva and we'll be able to have the tools to like create a barren like society where we'll be able to really get to know everyone else outside. Um, I always think that for me personally, the term the real world is such a strange like way to phrase it just because like we live in the real world like this is our real world so as far as going from here to the real world or what we define as the real world i don't think that they're all that different necessarily in all honesty like what a small school teaches you is that people in general are not, they're not like out to get you they're not like you see these people who you feel like if I was in a different environment, I definitely wouldn't like this person. Like me and Natanya, like we have this conversation all the time. We're like, if we weren't sisters and we didn't have so many classes together, we definitely wouldn't get along. <laughs> like we have this conversation all the time. So I think what a small school teaches you, it forces you to confront the kinds of people that you're going to encounter in the real world. And it forces you to deal with it. And I think that that's very precious. Yeah, just expanding on that, like, because we're not always going to get along with everybody who we meet, you know, Baron has taught us how to continue working with those kinds of people. Because when, as Dr. Everman, you're saying the real world, right, you can't, you can't just go, no, I don't like this person, I'm not going to talk to them. You know, you're going to have to work in a workspace with them. And also, I have to say, I'm very confident that Baron has created, at least with our senior class, and I can see throughout the high school, a really strong group of leaders in whatever they're passionate about. I know each one of us sitting here has their own passions and has their own leadership qualities. And I know Baron has instilled that in, in all of us. And we will be able to go out and forge our own paths in whatever we want to do and make our communities, as Jake was saying, and get to know everybody really closely, as Jeremy was saying, you know. I'm very confident that we will all be able to do that. Yeah. And um, just, uh, I wanted to say, like, a lot of, again, about the opportunities at Barron, there's not, 
you're not really missing any of the major opportunities that you'd get at a bigger school. You know, like at other schools, they might have a, I don't know, maybe a bigger recycling program, but our recycling program has got MAD making a difference, has got the best Ruach of any recycling program. <laughs> We've got the best members of any recycling program and the administrate with the best relationship with the administration of any recycling program. So I think you just have to adapt to your situation make the best of it in any any given circumstance. So I, I, I hope you hear this from, from me and from other members of the administration regularly, but I, before I ask my last question, I just want to say, you, you guys really make me very, very proud. I'm getting a little choked up here, but truly, like, I, we're really proud of our Baron graduates, and I always say that, like, the best reward for being a Baron is graduation, listening to each of you speak, and, and I'm really looking forward to hearing what, to what you have to say. Um, it really makes an impact, and seeing the mature individuals you've become is really special. Um, so I, I really take great pride, and I hope you're proud of who you are as people. It really is amazing. Um, so last thing, so I can take care of uh, wiping my eyes, um, what is one thing you hope will be the same when you send your children to Barron Academy in 10, 20 years? What's one thing you really want to be the same? I hope that the environment stays the same. We have such a great environment of um, just like a small community, being able to talk to anyone. Like I, I'll walk down the hallway and I'll be able, I say hi to like ninth graders, 10th graders, even sometimes middle schoolers. Like it's, we're just all uh, one Hamish community and I love it. So I, that's definitely. I hope the head of school is the same. And I'm saying like this. You're a kind man. Um, I have to say, I hope Rabbi Block is still here. Yeah. Big shout out to Rabbi Block. He makes the student experience at Barron, and uh, he also makes the best challenge ever. Hmm. That's a fact. <laughs> May the pizza line stay chaotic. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make sure the pizza line stays chaotic. Um, I wanted to say the relationships you get to have with your teachers. That's something that's like very, um, interesting that like it's something you don't really get anywhere else you don't get to have like this one-on-one -on -one relationship like i have a great relationship with mrs kelman i had a great relationship with miss baggett i had a great relationship with miss bryant like they like that these teachers try while maintaining their respect in the classroom still um try to have good relationships with the students <laughs> all right yeah. Any uh, any last thoughts that anybody wants to share? Nothing but a thank you to Dr. Oberman. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you. This is thank a, you. This is a lot of fun. Us all the time. Uh, well, I appreciate you guys giving up your lunch to have this conversation, and I will definitely uh, send you the recording. So I, I really appreciate the time today. So class of 2021, best of everything always. We will miss you very, very much. Thank and, you. Uh, Thank you.